You know, when you're, uh, uh, Paul will understand this, and well, almost anybody that's been married for any length of time, um, your wife oftentimes will remind you of stuff. Anybody, anybody understand that one? Well, she said this morning, and I don't normally like to read stuff because I know it's kind of hard to follow a little bit, but I read this thing. It's, it's about patience. We're talking about and suffering and kindness and all these things. She said, you're going to read that this morning. Well, I had kind of semi-forgotten it. It's a few paragraphs. I don't like, if you'll, you'll just bear with me. I think it'll set the tone of the class if you'll just listen. Um, it, it, the, the, it's written, the name of it is a, The Sky Pilot, of all things. A Tale of the Foothills by Ralph Connor. A pseudonym, his real name was Charles William Gordon. L listen closely, and I think it will really help us today. I really do. Once the broad prairie was a wide expanse of green, waving grass. The master of the prairie wanted flowers, so he commanded the birds, that they, and they scattered seed far and wide. Many beautiful flowers sprang up, beckoning the prairie with bright colors. Still, the master was unhappy because his favorite flowers were not there. He asked the prairie, where are the clematis and the columbine, the sweet violets and the wind flowers and all the ferns and all the flowering shrubs? The prairie exclaimed, these flowers won't grow here uh, in the because of the strength of the sun's rays and the constant blowing of the wind. The master, understanding what had to be done, spoke to the lightning. With one mighty slash, the prairie was cut deep to its heart, and for many days the prairie groaned in agony because of the black gaping wound in its breast. As time passed, deep black loam was carried down into the canyon by the stream called the Little Swan. Once more, the birds strewed the seeds of the flowers. After many days, the barren rocks were decked out with soft mosses and trailing vines. Its shaded grottos were hung with clematis and columbine. Great elms lifted majestically into the sunlight. Everywhere the violence and the maidenhair grew until the canyon became the master's favorite place for rest and peace and joy. So it is with the human heart and the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering and self-control. Now notice, some of these flowers will grow only in the canyon of suffering and sorrow, particularly gentleness, meekness, long-suffering, and self-control. And though the others, love, joy, and peace, bloom in the open, yet never, will, never was so rich a bloom and so sweet a perfume as the canyon. If your life has been rent with sorrow and bare, rocky canyons, is left in your heart. Realize that the flowers will come and grow if you will be patient with them. That's a lot of reading. I, I get that. But I think it really ties in to, to our class and sometimes things only grow when there's sorrow and challenges and that kind of thing. So I think, I think it was worthwhile to read and to, and to understand. <clears throat> We've been talking about <clears throat> jealousy being inflamed 
Today we're going to get, not quite yet, but we're going to get into the low, uh, love is not boastful or proud or arrogant, not puffed up as some of your, some of the versions say. Uh, but we're talking about being inflamed. And you may remember that the Jews only had one word for this jealousy, and it's, it meant to be intensely red. Uh, so the Lord said, if you're going to do agape love, you can't be intensely red. Um, you, you can't be inflamed. You can't be envious. And we looked at some Bible examples under um, uh, Roman numeral three, three there, I guess, or uh, subcategory three. And we talked about Sarah and Hagar and Jacob and Esau, Joseph and his brothers, Cain, Saul, and David, Absalom, the Pharisees, and. <clears throat> Give me some of, just a little bit of review, give me some of the consequences of jealousy. And you can look at your notes if you like. Um, jealousy enrages a man. What, what's a consequence of being enraged? Murder? Could be. Well, it could be a heart attack. Ulcers. We'll get to our health and rotten in the bones here in a second, but what else? Who? Ulcers. 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 Yeah, okay. Um, violence for sure, right? It says it, it enrages you. It, it, it can be it violence. Um, peace of mind means a healthy body, but jealousy will rot your bones. Jealousy, envy, being inflamed, being red, intensely red. It will actually make you sick. We talked a little bit about that Wednesday night too. And it can do things that you will, you will, it will make you do things that you will regret for the rest of your life. Like with uh, Joseph and his brothers, yeah. uh, Judah carried that uh, carried that guilt with him from then on. Do we carry guilt with us sometimes? Oh, yeah. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Anger is cruel and destroys like a flood, but no one can put up with jealousy. <clears throat> What are the consequences of no one being able to put up with you? Or me? Loneliness. Loneliness. People don't want to hear that. They really don't. And they'll avoid you. They will avoid you. Jealous people they will avoid. And bitterness because you can blame the other person. Well, you do. Uh, don't we look, kind of live in a society like that today? Yeah. It's everybody's fault. Oh, by the way, but mine. <laughs> really? Whose fault is it generally? Mine. Excuses don't cut, don't get the job done. Try, try that when you get your first job. Right, Elliot? When your boss calls Elliot in and says, you know, Elliot, we got this exercise program we're doing with Nike and uh, I'm not, or whatever you do, and, and, and uh, <laughs> something like that, health, health awareness, you know, uh, um, and Ellie said, well, I, I know it's not going well, boss, but you know, there, oh, Friday may be your last day, Ellie. They're not going, they, they don't put up with excuses. They just don't. They just don't. So don't be jealous. Don't be envious. Don't be inflamed. Because pretty soon you'll find yourself with no friends. It doesn't work. Now, real life examples. We got the Bible examples. We laid up a little groundwork uh, with our heart. Um, what about real life examples? Not, hell, it's a good sport when he's a little bit quiet, but you get him out in a fishing boat, <laughs> that dude can dish it out. <laughs> right, Elliot? 
I like that. I like that. Uh, give me some examples of um, real life on, on how jealousy in, inflamed, uh, tensely red, um, all these things. How does that apply to you and me today? Resentment against somebody else's success. People would do that? Margie said resentment against uh, someone who appear, who's successful. Yes, that, that can happen. Promotion. Yeah. And you didn't. How come I didn't? That's not fair. When we talk about life is not fair. God never claimed that life was fair. That's something we invented. Karen? We actually had a, a really sound member of our church years ago leave the church over what Margie just said. He worked for General Motors and was passed by for promotion after promotion and he just went crazy. It can happen, can it? It really does. Or can. It was it did. a family of six kids and it was terrible. Have you ever heard, uh, well, uh, who else before I get into something? I think we see it in the church sometimes, uh, or it could be. People have different talents, and just because you can't, let's say, lead singing or something, don't be jealous of someone that does a good job with that, or preach or whatever, you know. Yeah. You know, I have a that's, good that's, example of that <coughs> back home. Um, I have always wanted to be able to sing beautifully. Well, I sound kind of like a sick crow. Uh, so, and I was talking to one of our elders. Well, we were real good friends, and we were kidding about it. He was a good singer, and then singing is what had you. He said, you know, have you ever thought that if God had given you a beautiful singing voice, it might have made you conceive? And I had never thought of it. I sat down here probably absolutely. That may be why I don't have one. <laughs> A crow sounds pretty good compared to what I do. But, no, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, and I had never thought about it that way. That maybe yeah. if God had given us a different talent than he did, it would have made us conceited. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I, I hadn't thought about that, actually. No, I didn't But that's a pretty good point. It's a pretty good so point. So we had it with the talents we had. Number one, that's all you're going to get, right? So you better be happy. With Kelly and Jonah, you better, as my mother used to say, well, I, you know, you're not happy, you better get happy. I'll make you happy, boy. And she would. What else? I think sometimes when we go through hard times, we think that we're the only ones going through hard times, and that maybe we... Uh, superficially judge others' lives or their situations think, oh, so unfair that they have it so easy when in all reality we've all got our own troubles and our battles and so I think sometimes we can uh, look towards others and be angry about how easy others have it un you, unfairly. No, that's a good point. Do you know, really, let's get beyond, do you know anybody that's got it easy? Really, really don't. We we have different issues, different problems, different challenges. But I don't know anybody who really got it. What you'd say easy now. Some have it harder than it, probably. But there's a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes that nobody knows about. 
we think, well, that looks pretty good, pretty easy. No, you don't know what they're carrying. We need to learn to be able to carry what some of the, some of that load for them. Tristan? It can all be resolved by self-contentment. Say that a little uh, again. The, the, the solution for all this is self-contentment. Okay. You know? Uh, that, that's a real good point, and that's that Philippians 4, isn't it? I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. Now, is that easy to do? No. I, I mean, if, if I've got a million dollars, I don't. But if I did, guess what I probably would want? Two million. We're not overly happy with... Sometimes we want more and more and more. And there's nothing wrong with, with, with wanting promotions at work. and all. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you keep everything in perspective, Chris. Paige just leaned over and said, social media, today's day and age, it's harder than ever with Facebook and Instagram. Everybody posts their perfect moments and them looking perfect. And if you scroll through and you just see all these good things, it, it can draw the joy out of your life. Because you're comparing to everybody else. You know, that, that's a really, really good And they have point. bad moments, but 99% of it's good moments on there. That's it, a great point. It you makes don't, people that, depressed. You don't post that, do you? Uh, there's a good way to control that. Turn it off. Yeah. Well, that's true. But, but it is a good way to keep communication open with friends and who live in other states or other countries. It is a good way. But we, we do probably post the good stuff, don't we? It's a good tool, but you can use it in bad ways and get yep. sucked into it. No, you can. But, you know, have you ever did, well, you take a picture, don't post that picture, I don't look my best yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, an illustration of exactly what you're talking about. We only post, because uh, and, 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 you look at that, and, you, and what's your first thing you say, Paige? You just go, they got it better than I do. <laughs> Boy, they've got a wonderful life, and I hope they do. And my life's but, horrible because look at all the Yeah, things. yeah, but I can't measure up to that. I can't measure up to that. I was thinking something similar when Michelle made her comment a little earlier, you know, just thinking about how squared away people look at services and got my tie on and all my kids are dressed up and wife's got her dress on and it looks like we're so squared away and nobody sees the, the 30 minutes of chaos of <laughs> or, you know and everybody's only you know, <laughs> it, it starts at 7 <laughs> but it's, it's so chaotic and you just don't you, know, you don't see what's going on behind the scenes you just, just and even if you never do you just need to know people's lives are not as squared away as they look on social media or what they look like at services, and before you become envious of somebody, just know they got their issues, even if you don't know what they are. That's right. That's exactly right. And God said in First Corinthians 13, "Don't do that. Your life's going to be a lot better." Think about that. Your life's going to be a lot better if you don't do this. Uh, Page and then Bruce. And it's sad. It starts at a young age, and we were you know, in elementary, going into middle school, and you see kids um, bowling, and they're staring at you, and, and I talk to my children, like, well, think, look further into it. Why are they staring at you? Why are they looking at you differently? There's, they're jealous. There's a jealousy part of it, like if you're new friends with one other person. They want to be friends, too. Well, there's something else going on in their lives that they need help with. No way to channel that. Kids don't know how to 
say, I need help. Good point. And sometimes adults don't either, do we? Sometimes we don't know how to ask for help. And I think the reason we, we don't is because we're afraid that we might be marginalized or we might be ridiculed or, or, or whatever. Seems weak. Yeah, boy, that, that, that's a weak person right there. Well, you looked in the mirror there, bro? You know, we, we've all got those things. but and, and that's why we've got to have sometimes this, just like in our, our poem that we read there, sometimes God will send, so to speak, a bolt of lightning. Stuff that won't grow there before the lightning will start growing there afterward because it softens that heart. Um, uh, Bruce, that's a good, really good point. Um, I think we need to look at the the way the way that God has impacted our lives positively. Look at the blessings that He's given us <coughs> instead of looking at the blessings that He's given other people. That's true too. Uh, that, that's that's true. Because what did Paul but paraphrase for me? Philippians four. Uh, Paul's in prison, by the way. He's in prison when he writes this. And he says, "What? I, I've been." Rich, we might say in our, our, our vernacular, I've been rich and I've been poor. I've been hungry and I've been full. And haven't we in our lives, when you look around, we've been on both sides of that fence sometimes. What, what, so what's our, what's our um, reaction to that? What does Paul say to do? You learn to be content with what you have. Is that easy? It's not easy. But if we get our perspective right, it becomes easier. We had God, and that's all we needed. We saw that with Jonah this morning. <laughs> was Jonah, in a sense, I'm coming, Chad. Wasn't Jonah's, Jonah, in a sense, inflamed, jealous? He was. You know, I'm pretty important here, God. I'm a pretty important guy here. And you're worried about these half a million people? God said, yes, I am. I'm even concerned about the livestock. Chad. Pretty much the goal of all advertising on TV and all their media is to tell us how miserable we ought to be. <laughs> we seem real happy, but it's like, oh, you're miserable because you don't have this thing. <laughs> you didn't even know. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. So the more you watch that, the more it'll tell you how miserable you ought to be until you go out and buy whatever. You're driving a Camry? What? You know Toyota makes Alexis too, don't you there, brother? How can you be happy with a Camry? You could have Alexis. Or... Yeah, and all the you, you see on these with the people on the commercials are they generally what kind of people are they usually what, what do they look like the beautiful people oh they're the beautiful people <laughs> they're happy yeah. who can measure up to that these are all good looking fellas and beautiful women and going I'll never be able to do it. well you're right you never will but you don't have to read very many stories about all those kinds of people and uh, with the suicide. They're not very, generally very happy people. People aren't any happier than you are. Your life, their life, your life's not any harder than most people. Um, we just need to kind of get over that. But you're right. Our society is 
the movie star society. You know, if a movie star endorses a political candidate, well, that's supposed to impress people. I go just the opposite, but anyway, that's, that's another story. Somebody else had a hand up. I'm sorry, I missed. Uh, no? Anybody else? Before we go to the next quality, really good stuff, Elliot. Well, we're talking like a lot about commitment or contentment here, and I think when you ask why society and a lot of people aren't content, it's because we're taught to compete at such a young age. That's you know, to Paige's point, you know, we're taught the, the losers are the ones who get C's and D's, the losers are the ones who are slow on the swim team, or who don't get likes on their social media or whatnot. And <laughs> if you look at some of the most successful, not only people in the world, but biblically, it's the, um, the people that don't compete. And so it's really hard, I think, to unprogram ourselves we're taught that at such a young age, and we see that with our classmates, our coworkers, and people of all walks of life, because we just we imitate that. That 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 that's that's kind of the other side of that. That's a good point, though. There's there's a whole lot of truth to what you just said. I I hadn't thought about that so much, but I, but I I think you're I think you're spot on, Lisa. Um, under point three, where you have. And it says they don't want a car like yours, they want yours. Right. It sounds like the basis for a lot of the movies that are made these days, you know, crazy movies. But it's true. I mean, if you get down to it, a lot of times, and Christians too, it's like, it's like, oh, I wish I had that. And it's like you want those children who are sitting quiet, being fantastic, you know, paying attention, whatever, or that car, that job. If I had that job, his job. You know, so I think it it takes it to a new level, and it's I mean it sounds it's scary, and like I said, media like movies they have all kinds of crazy movies about people doing things like, you know, about that. But it's true, it's it's true. I mean, you have to think about it. it's like what do you actually want? Why are you envying what that person has? You you actually want their job? You don't want them to have it? You want to have it for yourself? You know, and I think it it takes yeah. it to a new level. There's a fine line, I think, between what Elliot's saying and and, and and being aggressive. And I don't know where that fine line, I don't know where that line is. Um, if you don't have a, at least some of that, you pro you may not get through school, or you may not be able to get a, a, a to work. Bosses like to see some of that. They can take it to an extreme, like he's talking about, but. Uh, you know, I used to go on the theory that A, B, C, hey, I'm in the top three. It's close <laughs> enough. But, but didn't settle for that with my kids. I don't know, maybe, maybe we push too hard. I don't know what that, what that answer is. Um, I don't have all the answers, but, but it, it's, it's good conversation. It's food for thought, don't you think? Um... And we'll come to Patty. Uh, Carol. I was just thinking life is full of disappointment. It's a guarantee that we're going to all be disappointed at some point. And the way that we compensate today, it seems that everybody gets a trophy. You know, nobody, nobody is going to be left out for anything. And the reality is the trophy that we should be working for yeah. is the one at the end. Excellent thought. That is our goal, is it not? And I was joking with Alan this morning. I really was. I thought Judah was four or five. <laughs> I really did. I thought, you know, Alan said, you know he's eight. And I said, well, that means he'll be driving in eight more years. I mean, time just goes by. It's not scary, but uh, time goes by so quickly. It really does. Our goal, we have to keep our eye on the prize, don't we? 
Because I'll tell you, this life will get you down and get you down quick, won't it? It'll get you down, Patty and Mike. Um, just in reference to a couple of the comments, I couldn't hear everything, but I, in talking about raising your children and teaching them how to move forward in life as far as how aggressive to be in, in school and business and whatever, you, you don't have to look too far. Just look at my family and the three girls that mom and dad raised. We are all so different. And I'm sure the same principles <coughs> are applied using maybe different methods, but how that's all incorporated into the child's life is so individualized, you know, and it's it's just going to be how they translate what you're saying, but it is, it's a matter of, there is some of that that has, that's necessary for survival. Right. Oh, there is. For success and survival. There is. I'm not a big fan of the participation trophies. Because you start expecting that once you get into the corporate world, and you're going to be sorely disappointed. There are no participation trophies. It's called a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, <clears throat> Kimberly there, I wonder how come I couldn't, or a or, or female, well, my sisters couldn't be, uh, uh, couldn't play college uh, softball at Auburn. They weren't good enough. Or why I'm not a superintendent of a construction company. I'm not good enough. That doesn't mean I should be jealous of those folks. It just means I'll just do the best I can do in my little world, my little context, right? Paul? I think today uh, we know DNA identifies us as individuals. We're one of a kind. And I think, you know, if we accept that you're one of a kind and build on that and, and not have that expectation that I need to be like someone else or I am capable of that position, and as you know, you get in some of those positions and you wonder, why in the world did I ever want this? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I found out in the corporate world, it's like, uh, I'm not corporate material. And I found that out, you know, and it's much, I'm much relieved after I found that out. Right. No, that's true. I used to make the, the joke back when, because I moved up the corporate ladder pretty well. But when I was down here, I heard my boss say, well, you know, the closer, you, the higher you go up the corporate ladder, the closer you get to the front door. <laughs> There's a lot of truth there. You're one of the first ones fired, by the way. When things aren't going well, the further you went up that, that deal there. So it's always, it's not cracked up always what, what, it, what, it, what it's meant to be. It's not. Uh, oh, oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, isn't being content start starts with liking yourself? That's a that's an excellent point, ma'am. What's your first name? Beverly. Beverly. Beverly brings up a good point. In case if you didn't hear it, it starts with liking yourself, being content. Do, do you believe that's true? Oh yeah. I I, I really believe that that's true. Because sometimes we don't like ourselves. And maybe it's because of our upbringing or because of an abusive relationship or it's because, you know, whatever. But I like that. We, we have to be kind of peace with ourselves, don't we? And that, that's, that's not easy to do, is it? <laughs> it's not. Um, okay. Uh, my, my, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> You're next, Mike. Boom, 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 boom. Don't be jealous now, Mike. <laughs> Don't be envious, Mike. 
like what Solomon writes, because this is applicable to the whole conversation. Solomon wrote this, The rich and the poor have this in common. God is the maker of them all. So it really doesn't matter which part of the spectrum is on, and I really like to comment that we have one goal, and that's God. God yep. made us, and there's a purpose. And, and in, it, go ahead, Mike. in doing that, this whole book, of, and that comes out of Proverbs, this whole book of Proverbs Solomon wrote for his sons was saying that are so true in almost any life instance, you can pick one out, that Solomon wrote it down to have us ponder it. And he, and he goes on to say that. He says, listen to my instruction. Heed your mother, heed your father's words. Because that's what we're talking about. In, in fact, Chris and I were talking about this yesterday at dinner, that we have, we have raised in our generation, and not us alone, but our generation, a people that don't understand God, that is very competitive, and if I'm not number one, then there's a problem, and it is all about me. And there is no other, and, and I don't want to generalize it, because there are people that aren't that way, but as a generation, we have, we have psychologists writing books about telling us there's no civility in the world anymore. Although, look in this room right now, and we have civility, but we have none. <coughs> Joe, uh, make sure you read Ryan's what he wrote today on the back of the family talk. I want to read a couple of these things. One, he says, Childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. To Carol's point. Childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. You're not going to be a child for very long, and you're not going to be in the prime of your life very long either. That's what he said in Ecclesiastes 11. More in Ecclesiastes 9, Moreover, man does not know his time. Like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare, so the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. We don't know if we're going to live to be old. We don't know those things. You better keep your perspective right because we can leave here pretty quick. God said that. I'm just reading what He wrote. I like that. Make sure you read that. Anything else before we go on to being boastful, a braggart, a windbag? That's what it meant literally. I just had something like, yeah. I thought of this in college and then a few years after, you know, in college, I thought, well, why are all these people having success? You know, growing up, I left tournaments to go to church and I did all this. And the older I got, I realized God doesn't owe me anything. That That's what I was made to do, was to praise Him. And I think sometimes we forget that, that that's our purpose here, is to do that. And that He doesn't owe us anything for doing that, because that's our job. That's our job. That's our job. I like that. A care. Uh, that's kind of what we were left with Wednesday night. Uh, we discussed the class several times about, uh, is life really unfair? I mean, by whose meter? Ours. That's the way we but, view it, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, I think we need to really think about that. that yeah. We do. We, we, we really do. And we can do the woe is me thing, can't we? Has anybody ever done that besides me? We all. I suspect we all have. Woe is me. Well, maybe it is woe is me temporarily. 
and get out uh, of the way. Hard times come. Hard times don't last. Now, you may think they're never going to end. Hard times come, but hard times don't last. Inverse, converse, reverse of that. Good times. Good times come. Good times don't last either. Chris? This life might be viewed as unfair as we see it at times, but if our goal is heaven and eternity is extremely fair with exactly what Ryan said, with God's grace, eternity is more than fair. We are given opportunities and so much grace that that fairness is abundant and we forget about that. Or not we, if that's general, but no, no that's society a good point. does. Once you make it to heaven, how, how, how much time do you think we will spend, will dwell on thinking about what went on here? Good times or bad? I think it'd be zero. I think we're going to walk around like this. Wow. I suspect that's going to be the case. Yeah. We, won't we, we won't remember all this, Jane. But if we remember in the hard times, that's when we learn. When we and learn. God is actually doing something good for us if He allows us to have hard times because we can, we can learn a lot more. I think that's right. Just, just like the poet said. When He hit the, the earth with His bolt of lightning and burnt that grass back, <coughs> there was a gaping hole there. Just like there's a gaping hole sometimes in our lives. But with time, the flowers will grow. And we can help others maybe who have had a gaping hole in their lives. i got a feeling we're going to have time, maybe, a, maybe as much as a week, maybe even as much as two weeks. I'm going to tie this. Now, there, i got, I got lots of stuff on human suffering. I ordered this from the bookstore, but... We may spend a week or two on that if we get through this. I think it, it's, it's a cousin to what we're talking about here. So next week we won't have class. Next week we won't have class. You're right. The it's Bob Waldron, and I got that from the Truth Bookstore. It's only like a two bucks or dollar ninety-nine or something. Uh, it's called Human Suffering by Bob Waldron, and it's a true. It's called CEI Bookstore. CEI Bookstore. It's in Athens, Alabama. You know where Athens is? Yeah. All right, Bruce, gotta go. But one more, please. Okay. Um, I just think to myself, what would Jesus say if he was in the room with us when we were telling him life wasn't fair? I mean, he had the opportunity to stay up there with God in heaven. Um, but he gave that all up. Yeah, he well, did. He did. Was life fair to Jesus? Oh my. He really wasn't. The Son of God, who left it all, we're going to talk about this actually in this next chapter. He emptied himself, he gave it all up, and we treated him like a dog to the point where he was killed on the cross. By people like me. So, we, we don't have anything to boast about as parents. We, we don't. We don't. Or to be envious of. Alright, let's go to lesson four. It's on page 14. We don't have long, but we'll be able to at least get you thinking. Now, some of your versions will say puffed up. Or boastful. 
uh, uh, there, you might even say, I think NIV might be arrogant, proud, all those things are 100% the same. So boastful, arrogant, proud, uh, puffed up, that kind of thing. So we're, we're going to say um, <coughs> not. I'm just going to say I'm just going to say proud. This thing is going to make me crazy. <laughs> proud. I'm just going to use the word proud. Not. Not. <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> In the classical Greek, the word for proud, boastful, arrogant uh, meant a windbag, a braggart. Windbag's old school. Why you windbag? What, what, what does that mean? What's, what, what's the... Uh, go ahead, Al. You're, I, I see that smirk on your face. Uh, no, I didn't have any thought. Okay. You weren't taking any particular person, were you? No. Okay. No, but I, all right. I was thinking of Austin. We need to bring that word back. <laughs> Did you did your mama ever say in the South? The mamas had this thing of saying, "Now don't you be showing out. Don't you be showing off." When, when we went to visit, my, my mom said, "Now if I see you, can I catch you showing out now at so and so's house? When I get you home, gonna be a bad day. Don't don't show off. Don't be a braggart. Don't be a windbag." Don't be arrogant. God said, love doesn't do that. Love does not do that. Agape love. You see, agape love is like a diamond with all its facets. The beauty of a diamond and all of its different facets. Turn it this way, it looks like that. Turn it that way, it looks like that. That's, that's what agape love means. I, 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 love, I love this. So it said, you, you don't show off. You, you, you're not a windbag. You're not a braggart. You're not boastful. Do we see that in the world? And sometimes do even still we see it in the church? Sometimes it can happen. It can happen. And it can it, it, maybe it's because of the talents we don't have or the talents that we do have. You know, I got this talent, and boy, she doesn't. Boy. Like Ryan said, I might be first one in line to have <laughs> Don't think so, Scooter. Don't think so. Matthew 23, 5-7. This is Jesus Himself talking. Pharisees love the most important seats. They enlarge the phylacteries on their big robes and their garments. They would put scriptures, they would put scriptures on the, their, uh, the hems of their garments so they could you know, look, look important. They make long prayers. Uh, they love greetings in the marketplace. How you doing, Reverend? How you doing, Rabbi? They love that. They love to be called all these titles. Uh, the word Reverend, by the way, is used one time in the entire Bible. One time. Reverend. 
Who is it describing? God. Holy and reverend is His name. These titles, these religious titles you see, Jesus said you call, don't call any man father on this earth. Now he's talking about your, not your daddy. In a religious sense, you call no man father on this earth. You, you don't use reverend as a title. Do you see that in the religious world? You do. Do you see all the robes and broadening their phylacteries? And, you know, I'm important, you know. Uh, <coughs> parking place says clergy. Really? Jesus said you don't do that. Not in my kingdom. There's nothing to be a braggart about. Nothing to be proud about. Nothing to be a windbag about. Um, so, agape love doesn't do that. Doesn't do that. Who do, you, who do we count? It's down in our notes a little later, but do we count others better than ourselves? That's what the Bible says to do. We're told to do that. I've, I've used this. The kids are probably tired of hearing it, but uh, an example of, you know, when someone's talking, we, we say, or I've heard people say, get that spotlight back over here where it belongs. Right. <laughs> Proud, braggart, windbag. You know, listening, we're thinking about what we're going to say yeah. when they finally shut up. And if you ever do, get that spotlight back over here on me. How can you love others if your eyes are only on you? It's not necessarily a rhetorical question. It's, it's actually a question. How can we love others if our eyes are only on ourselves? Can we? Is that easy? It's not easy to do, is it? Jesus said, can't do that. And have agape love. I'll leave you with this one. And so you wonder, pecking order, what's all that about? Have you ever seen, I've seen even the backyard, backyard with my quail. I feed quail and the neighbors just love me. Because <laughs> uh, I love quail. And you see the mom and the dad coming through and there'll be a little bitty guy in the back. And he's not going to make it, you can tell. He's going to be food for a coyote or something. And you'll see sometimes the, the others pecking him. Pecking him? You see, chickens will do that. Uh, even the pigs in a, the pig lot, they find the, they call it the runt. Runts usually don't make it because uh, they have a pecking order. The problem is not the order. Problem's pecking. <laughs> we, you see it at school. We, if we sense any weakness, we'll go to pecking at them. Love doesn't have a place for pecking orders. You know, you got the guys up here with their wide phylacteries and the titles and all of this, uh, their clergy stickers and so on. That's a pecking order. Well, there's no pecking order in Christianity. There shouldn't be. Jesus came as a servant. He did, didn't he? Well, what if you were born in Sierra Leone? Surely they got nothing. 
don't be surprised how many of those folks are probably in heaven. They know they have nothing, and they know this is all they've got. Pecking order. It doesn't matter where you're. you could, you, If you were born and raised in India, it does not matter with, with Christ. There is no pecking order. Well, in fact, doesn't he say the first shall be last and the last shall be first? <coughs> yes. And what's the classic example? It's Jesus, isn't it? We're going to come back up to the middle of the page there, but I just want to drop down to the bottom of page 14 just real quickly. Jesus flip-flopped the pecking order, didn't He? If you were God, would you have done that? Jesus was God. I don't think so. I wouldn't. That's why He's God. Now you want me to go down and be born where? In, in a main, in, in, in a, in a cow, cow trough? Now until I get 30 years old, you want me to do what kind of job? Helping my dad be a carpenter? You know carpenters have rough hands. And you know, have you ever seen a carpenter that didn't have one or two hands, fingernails that were just blue? Boom. Or cut off. Or cut off. Veronica's got families all carpenters, and you can tell a good carpenter by how many fingers they got missing. <laughs> you want me to go do that? Um, he was mistaken for, to be the gardener. Now, what did he look like? Brad Pitt? <laughs> he looked like a gardener. They said, Aren't you the gardener? Talk about Jesus. Isaiah said he had no beauty that we should desire. That's right. You want me to wash people's nasty feet? You know I created those people at their feet. <laughs> and, 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 and the earth they're sitting on. And you want me to wash white women? Jesus was willing to do that. How many mornings and evenings do we get up and we see the beautiful sunset, and we thank Him for that. What do we got to boast about? Be puffed up about, to be arrogant about? Answer is, well, any of that. We didn't make that sunset or that sunrise. And then He calls us every Sunday morning to remember Him. We're going to do that here in a few minutes. What do we got to boast about again? Hanging on a cross? We didn't do that. Sometimes we say, well, I, I'm uncomfortable. It makes me It wasn't comfortable hanging on a cross. But he did it. He did. He wasn't a windbag. He wasn't a braggart. He wasn't all these things. And he says, "You better not be either. You better not be either." Okay. Now that just lays the groundwork for Wednesday night. We're going to go back and we're going to get into some really good stuff here on that. Thank you.